On the show today, I'm joined by Riley Smith. Riley's an actor and musician best known for his roles on Frequency and Nashville. He's here to talk all about his brand new EP, as well as his fantastic acting career. All that and more, stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Benjamin May and McKay's Talk To Me. I'm your host, Benjamin, and I'm very excited to have Riley Smith on the show today. Now, Riley is one of America's favorite film and TV actors, and now, for the first time as a solo artist, he's branching into music. Riley's got a brand new EP. It comes out on Friday worldwide. It's self-titled, so it's called Riley Smith. It's available from iTunes and Amazon, and Riley joins me right now from LA to talk about that. Riley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Now, Riley, what inspired you to pursue a career in the performing arts? Um, well, I, I've always been interested in it uh, ever since I was born. Um, my family tells me, and there's um, there's embarrassing pictures to prove it, that I was always the, the kid who was trying to uh, put on concerts for my family at every family gathering. And, uh, and, and then as I, I got into high school... Um, I was doing all the musicals and plays and, uh, um, I, I've always been interested in it, but, you know, back in, uh, the nineties when I was growing up, um, there wasn't really any outlets like there are now to, uh, take it past your local level. And so doing it at a, at a professional level was kind of a pipe dream. Um, and it wasn't really until I graduated high school and had the opportunity to move to New York to, uh, enroll in acting classes and I was um, had a modeling contract and and that kind of got me out of uh, the farm so to speak and then and then uh, once I got into the big city then a lot you know a lot of opportunities opened up and and I just kind of followed them and ended up where I am today and your first onset experience how frightening was that (laughs) well I I actually wasn't scared uh, and I think that's maybe part of what uh, helped me when I was young um, continue to work and, and grow. And um, I don't know, I, I, I never was fearful of the opportunity. I was more excited and, and um, kind of always took them as challenges. Mm. And do you believe that young actors or performers should have some sort of formal training or do you think you can learn on the job? Well, uh, there's... There's a number of different opinions about that. Um, I think that it does uh, it does take a, a lot of instinct um, comes into play, and, and a lot of luck in getting the break uh, to have the opportunity comes into play. But really, um, I, I firmly believe in formal training. Um, you know, I, I I started off basically just being an instinctual actor who learned a lot on the job. But uh, at the same time, anytime I wasn't working, I was studying with a private trainer daily. I was in classes. So I was kind of, I I did both, you know. I I had a lot of luck in the beginning and learned a lot on my feet. But I also was putting in the work off off the camera as well. And uh, I I don't think that without um, some formal training um, and really making it your life, I don't think that you can really excel it to the level that uh, you need to to make a living. Um, but you can obviously get breaks and and um, get opportunities. But you have to be you have to be ready and studied and and um, good to continue to do it for a number of years mm. or to do it as a living, especially. It's it's a very interesting 
career choice to do for a living. Do you encourage people to do it? If you had kids, would you encourage them into the space? Wow, that's a good question. I always joke that I would never let my kids do it uh, until um, they're old enough to have uh, tried to do other things as well. Um, but um, at the same time, it, you know, it, it's it's the arts, and it's just a lot of times it's in you. Um, I just think that if the if the motives are right, if you're doing it for the right reasons and not the wrong reasons, then you can never hold somebody back. Um, but I, unfortunately. Uh, in this society, this day and age, um, the climate we're in, everybody's doing it for the wrong reasons. I mean, when you look at reality TV, nobody really wants to eat any bugs for real. They just want to be famous. You know what I mean? If they're yeah. on a reality show that tells them to get into a cage with snakes, they're just doing that so they can be on TV. Um, people are, you know, putting their dating life on on uh, on television and in the papers just to be famous these are wrong motives to try to do it but if if you really love the arts if you love the work if you love acting um then then yeah you should you should definitely pursue it because it's in your heart and it's it's what you want to do it's in your bones but um but if you're doing it for the wrong reasons then then um I highly discourage it. In fact, I, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, because of the whole reality TV phenomena, do you think there's been a decline in general in the quality of TV and film and content being put out there? No, not no, not at all. I think, in fact, it separates uh, what I would call the men from the boys. You know, it separates uh, talent from untalented. Um, you know, we all realize that reality TV is what it is, and to a lot of people that don't want to think, it's a very easy form of entertainment. In my opinion, it's lowbrow, but you know, um, that's one way that people can and have success. Uh, uh, no, nah, I should, I should, I should take that back. Not success. It's one way people can um, pursue their dreams of becoming popular for a second. Um, but. What I've seen is that on the flip side, television has never been stronger. The content on TV is amazing. Uh, the writing is amazing. The acting is, I, I don't think, ever been better on television. And um, there's just so many more platforms for good television right now. Um, and so I, I think it's really, it's, it's splitting the two. Um, before there was this, when, when reality first started, there was this really gray line where we didn't really know what was what and was, was reality going to start to take over and lose actors' jobs. And, and um, for a minute, maybe it was a gray area, but now I think, if anything, it's really separated the two uh, for a nice, hard black and white line. And I think everybody realizes what is, um, you know, skilled entertainment and what is uh, cheap entertainment, in my opinion. Mm, absolutely. And do you think TV is currently better than film? Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. Um, in fact, you know, you see today it was released that Julia Roberts signed on for, a, I believe, Amazon show or Hulu. Um, and, you know, when you have movie stars doing television uh, on a monthly basis, you see these movie stars signing up for television. And it's, it's just proof, you know, that people want to do television because it is so good right now. And, 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 and it's also a different type of... Uh, character development uh you know with movies you develop a character and you basically see it come full circle in a matter of uh months that you film it and, and then in a matter of uh an hour and a half or two on on film but um with television you can really develop a character and play it out for a long period of time and 
um, uh, you know, live in it for a while. And also, it's a little bit more of a secure job for, uh, sorry, it's a little more of a secure job for entertainers as well right now. So I know a lot of us, uh, as we enter our 30s and 40s, you know, we want families, we want to be in the same place for a while. Television offers that. So uh, I think for general living uh, conditions and, and for the sake of uh, what's good right now, television is, yeah, it's far better than film. Certainly seems that way. I mean, speaking of, of great television shows, last year you were on Nashville. How did that eventuate for you? Um, well, it was, you know, one of those things where I, I got the telephone call that they wanted to meet me. Um, and they have, you know, they have the uh, fun job of trying to find people in, in the industry that can act and sing. Um, and, I, I, you know, so I got the call to go in and meet with uh, Dee Johnson, who was then the executive producer. And uh, and so I, I went in and, and I, I read a couple scenes for her. And, and then she asked me to sing a song. Um, I always this is a funny story, but not a lot of people know this. So I'll, I'll give you the scoop first. But. Um, in the breakdown of the character at the time, they said that he could either be a uh, rock star who was going to turn country or he could be a rap star that was going to turn country. They were kind of keeping it open-ended at that point. So uh, when I went in, I, I did the scenes first because um, they always ask you if you want to mm-hmm. sing first or act first. I said, I'll do the scenes first because I felt more comfortable with that at the moment. And uh, and then when I got done, they said, okay, what song are you going to sing? And I said, I'm actually going to rap for you guys. And I had my guitar and I... I I, uh, I I played a, a rap song that I had written, and uh, I think they thought it was a joke, and I, I was like dead serious, and I just wanted to kind of push the envelope a little bit, and I knew I could sing a regular song, but I wanted to see since it was open for rap, I wanted to see what they would do, and they were they were kind of laughing, and I was like I'm dead serious, so I rapped the song, I said thank you, and I left, and uh, and then I got a call just shortly after that from my agents, and they're like okay listen, they love you, but you need to go back and sing a rock and roll song. And I was like, well, okay, what's a rock and roll song? I mean, what do they want? And so they gave me a couple different ideas of the, you know, genre that they were looking for. And so then I chose a uh, Kings of Leon song and I went back in. I, I did use somebody and I went back in and sang that. And then they called and offered me the role. And, and coincidentally, I was sitting at the Hollywood Bowl um, listening to Amos Lee, who's one of my favorite singers, when I got the call from my manager. And I had to put them on hold real quick and run outside where I could hear. And, and, uh, it was kind of a, a cool feeling that came 360 when you're, you're sitting there, um, at the Hollywood bowl, which is the most iconic place in, in LA to watch a show, watching my favorite singer and then getting the call that I'm going to get to go play a singer. It was a, it was really, it was a cool moment. It certainly sounds like it. Now, speaking of coincidences, we very nearly met in Nashville, um, long-time listeners will know that I'm a huge fan of the TV series Nashville, and a good friend of mine, Ed Amatrudo, plays Glenn. And I was over there. I was on. I was on the set, and apparently, you left five minutes before I arrived at Highway 65, where Connie and David were filming. So a couple of years ago, we nearly met. Yeah, I remember that day. I was I was filming the scene where Ed brings me into Highway 65 for the first time. Yes, I believe, and you just left five minutes before I showed up. So there you go. It is a very small world. It was meant to be. 
It was, it was meant to be. Now, did that help you, well, did being on Nashville help you rediscover your musical side and, and help you get this EP released? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Well, and what it really did was help me discover who I wanted to be as a solo artist. Um, I've been playing in a band here in LA with three of my best friends since 2006. And um, we all have uh, other jobs <clears throat> that we make a living at and mine happen to be acting and that happened to keep me far too busy to um, do too much with the band. And uh, in fact, there have been times where we had flown to, well, one particular time we'd flown to Germany to do a whole uh, European tour. And as soon as I landed there, I played one show and then I got a call that I booked a show called the Playboy Club for NBC shooting in Chicago. And I had to get on the next flight out and had to cancel the rest of the shows. I missed uh, Oktoberfest with my best friends. And, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of canceled shows um, throughout the years because when I got a call to do a you know a good uh, TV show, I had to go, and um, so it was really hard to um, to make a real honest run at it at that time, and uh, and then throughout the years, the band just we you know I said we we're not signed. We do this because we love music. We, let's not put ourselves in any boxes as far as genre wise. So over the years, we we. We started off in, in the Americana country music, which is where my roots are, but then we kind of extended to a lot of different types of music that we were trying to make. Um, we did some soulful stuff. We did almost what I called some carnival type of music. Like we were, we just like had fun trying everything. And you know, I have a home studio at my house and I live in it when I'm not, when I'm not working and I'm making all kinds of stuff. I produced a, a record for a young girl that I found on YouTube and it's all R&B. Um, R&B kind of pop music, and then I produced an electric pop music uh, album for another young kid that I that I was producing. I'm I'm constantly making music, and it's and it's all over the place. And I really started to shy away from the Americana country stuff, uh, just because I was having fun making all these other kind of beats and things. And then when I went back to Nashville, what it really did for me was it got me grounded and it got me back into my roots. And, and more importantly, uh, it, it developed me as a, a entertainer and a writer, um, learning how to, you know, on the show, you have to uh, not only act, but then uh, every week I'm getting a new song uh, that I have to learn within a matter of about 48 hours. And I have to go in the studio and sing it in a matter of a couple hours. Then I have to go learn the choreography for the tape day, and then you go film, you know, film it, um, doing the song. And so that coupled with, uh, I was doing writing sessions with writers in Nashville every single day that I had a moment because I was just wanting to write and learn, and I had the opportunity to write with all these great writers. So uh, what what Nashville really did was it 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 was like a boot camp for me, and and really becoming a, a true artist, a uh, true writer and, and singer um, within a matter of like seven months. And and more importantly too, it just opened up my, uh, my soul to tapping into writing real um, heartfelt music stuff, you know, moved the needle for me in, in my heart and, and made me tell the truth. And, uh, and, and that ultimately brought me back to Americana country because there's just nothing more truthful than, than those kind of words and those songs. So, um, yeah, it, the whole Nashville experience is the reason I have this EP and it's the reason that 
I feel like I've grown as an artist a hundred percent and really found who I am and who I want to be. You know, I feel like I became a man while I was there as an artist. Mm. So would you say it's a lot easier creatively being the one solely in charge as opposed to working with, you know, two, three other people? Uh, yes and no. Um, now that uh, I'm doing the solo thing, I still have the same guys in my, my band that I had uh, when I was playing in the Life of Riley, my, my Los Angeles band. And um, But what's really neat about it is they've been very supportive of this venture and very supportive of letting me drive the ship, so to speak. And that is, uh, that's an awesome responsibility and I, I have a lot of creative freedom. At the same time, um, I realized that now everything is on my shoulders. Like every decision, uh, I really had to start to, you know, take the reins and, and um, not second guess and, um, and you know, really know what I want. I have to be decisive and uh, sure of my choices. And so, um, you know, part of the record taking almost a year to get made was me having to make all the decisions. I mean, everything was coming through me and I had to okay everything and, and know what I wanted. And, um, and so I learned that, um, over this time that I, I had to, uh, start to become decisive, you know, and really know what I wanted. And, and that's a learning experience too, because in the beginning I was really kind of second guessing, uh, things. And then the more sure I got about, um, the words and the songs, uh, the more sure I got about the decisions of, you know, what, what harmonies I wanted and uh, how I wanted the um, tracks to be produced and things like that. Did your initial concept of what you wanted change and evolve the further through the process you got? I'm sorry? Uh, did the, so your initial idea for the, for the album or the EP, did that change and did, as you started recording and started writing? Uh, not really. That, that was the one thing that has always been very, um, firm is, uh, when I got to Nashville and I sat down with all these writers and initially we were kind of writing to pitch the songs to the shows, um, because they, they're really great about, um, uh, you know, giving us the opportunity to write for and pitch songs. And, uh, even when, you know, they don't take the song for the show. They're very complimentary. They, um, the music supervisors offer a lot of, uh, you know, positive affirmation and, and, um, support. So, um, but the writers in the town all, all want to get songs on that show because it's a real popular thing to, to, to get on. So I, I it opened up doors that I would have been able to, to walk had I just been this uh, guy from LA showing up saying, you know, hey, you want to write with me? They would have laughed me out of the room. But because I was on the show, it gave me that opportunity. And so I took full advantage of that. And I, I set up as many rights as I could. And in Nashville, such a, uh, the synergy there is amazing. And the writers all kind of hang out together. And so once I got in that, that uh, circle, I just kept meeting more and more people and setting up more and more rights. But the thing that was always the same when I sat down and these co-writes was, you know, the first question is, what do you want to write about? What is, you know, what, where are you coming from? And that was always the same. And it, it, the theme of it for me is always, as I said before, was kind of been loner music. And um, people always ask me what that is. And it's like, well, I think everybody, everybody's felt alone in, in, in life one way or another, you know, and, and whether you're like me, I'm an actor who is always traveling for work. I'm always on the road. Uh, I have to sacrifice a lot of personal um, 
relationships and things that, uh, you know, my friends who have nine to five jobs and go home every night to their families. I don't get that. Uh, a lot of times I'm, you know, in other cities or, or countries and I'm by myself and, um, and it's lonely. And I, I usually turn to the music, uh, to help me cope with that. So I had a lot of ideas already written down. I already knew that that, that was the theme. And, um, coincidentally it worked for my character too, because, uh, Marcus on the show was coming from LA. He was, uh, he was an insecure guy who, uh, you know, needed a nudge in the right direction. And Connie was, you know, Raina's character, Connie's character, Raina was, was trying to do that for him. And, and he kind of found himself while he was in Nashville and, and as did I. So it was, it was real simple to write that kind of, uh, music and and write with that theme in mind uh, for the character and it was working for me so uh from day one um that was always that was always the theme in fact the very first song i wrote um i wrote with a great writer named rick farrell who wrote the arguably the biggest song of the 2000s um something like that by tim mcgraw which is the barbecue stain on a white t-shirt song and I mean, I grew up just loving that song, and here I'm writing with him. But I'll never forget, I was explaining the loner idea to him, and we came up with a song that didn't make this EP, but I will release it on the next one. Uh, I love it. It's called Born Again. And, you know, it's uh, it's very straightforward and explains, you know, who I am. I mean, I see the, the words, uh, I, sold, I sold my soul to the devil, but it isn't too late. Um you know, and basically I want to shed my skin and, and get back to my old guitar and, and just me and a guitar and, and I want to be born again. And uh, and that was, you know, I mean, that was the very first song I wrote and almost all of them kind of uh, stuck with that theme. Mm. It's a fascinating theme. But if you've did, done so many, so many rights and got so many songs, was there a temptation to release an album as opposed to an EP? Yeah, and I went back and forth with that. In fact, I, I keep telling people what took the longest to release this was um, not only I had to go to Vancouver for the past year to shoot my show Frequency, so I couldn't have been further away from Nashville, and I was working 70 hours a week on that show, so I just had no time. So I had 14 demos sitting on the shelf, and I, I just didn't have time to finish it. Uh, the songs were done, but I, I didn't have time to actually put the album together. And, and so I kept going back and forth because... I didn't know if I wanted to do a full album or an EP, but then what I sort of realized is the trend in, in 2017 and I think moving forward is people don't have um, a huge attention span anymore. And so I figured there's no reason to give people 10 to 12 songs that they can't focus on if I can just give them six at first, let them focus on those, set, let that sink in, let that live and resonate with them for a while, and then put out another six later uh, as a complete album or another EP, you know, it doesn't matter. But I thought it was just, with the, with people's attention span nowadays, I didn't want to waste my songs on their attention. You know, I wanted to give them as just a, enough to chew and, and digest before I gave them more. And so the hardest part for me was deciding which six it was going to be. And I even, I, I, I did a test audience with my family and friends. I think it was about 35 people I sent all 14 demos to. And they were all at different stages of, of completion and production. But I told everyone, please like listen past the production, listen to the potential, you know, because whatever six I choose are going to get, you know, finished. Um, and I thought that that test audience was really going to help me solidify which six it was going to be. And in fact, when when everyone sent back the, their 
their um, choices, it was still split dead even. It didn't help me out at all. In fact, the only song that was unanimous was um, the second single, I Can't Keep Missing You. And that was, uh, that, that had the most uh, votes by far. So I knew that that was this universal, straightforward pop song. Um, and then I knew I'm on fire was my favorite and it was really depicted who I was as an artist now and, and it was represented what I wanted to be. So I knew that was going to be the single, but then other than that, it was just split down the middle. So I just, I, 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 it, I lost sleep over trying to figure out what best six to put together, what kind of combination, because I knew it was the first time I was going to be putting myself out there and it was important to find the right combo to, um, you know, showcase who I am and where I'm going with this. Uh, And then finally I woke up one day and I'm like, dude, it doesn't matter. You're going to put them all out eventually. So just, you know, put together a great six that you think fit together nicely and kind of show the diversity of what you're trying to do. And then, uh, and then the other six will come out later. You know, I I don't know. I, I kept saying it would be Christmas, but this has become, I didn't realize how much work this is and, and, uh, and the amount of hours it takes. And so realistically, after going through this first EP, I don't know if I'll get the second one out by Christmas, but I'd like to. The good news is, is that the songs are virtually done. Now I just have to produce them up. Um, so it might not take quite as long for the second six, but, uh, I also want to go back and, and, take another couple weeks in Nashville and try to write maybe another six and then I'd have 12 and I could whittle that 12 down to six and maybe I'll just keep doing this uh, cycle over and over again for the rest of my life. It's a nice, it's a nice cycle and it's, it's always great to have a choice of songs to choose from. I I think in the past I would make 10 songs and I put 10 songs out and then I'd look back at it and go, man, I probably wish that song A, B, and D weren't on there, but those were the 10 I had done. So now I can really make sure that I'm putting the very best out every time, you know? Mm, Absolutely. Do you ever worry though about overthinking things too much? Because I know that's something I do, especially when you're so close, you know, it's your own music that you've, you know, co-written, you're producing it yourself, you're doing all this. So do you think that sometimes you're just too invested or can you be too invested? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, And sometimes, you know, you take yourself too serious and you start thinking about things that no one else would even think about. It's it's, so it's good that I would do uh, I would I would walk away from the songs for a week. And that's another thing that took a lot of time is I would just walk away from the songs for a week and let my ears rest and then try to listen to them with fresh ears, kind of uh, unbiasedly and see what, you know, how what what stuck out to me then. Um, And in fact, it's funny, I was flying home. from this annual charity show event that I do every every summer for my charity back in my hometown. I was just flying back the other day, and I decided to listen to what I call the B-side, which is all the songs that I didn't choose. So I was just listening to the B-side songs on the way home, and, you know, I had had... I played the the new songs and listened to the new songs so many times in the last two months. So finally to just listen to the B-side songs for a minute, it was such a fresh breath of air. And I'm listening to it. I'm like, damn, this is just as good as the EP. Like these are just as good. I could have put out this B-side album and it would have been as good and to some people maybe better. So it, it got me laughing. I'm like, you can overthink it. You can, you know, you can spend all day thinking about it. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, people gravitate to different things and you can't you can't uh ever plan out what that's going to be and in fact that's the beauty of uh music and art is uh is sometimes you just got to put it out there and let people find it for what they what they find it for you know some one thing might touch somebody completely different than another thing so um 
that's the beauty of art and, and what I learned about the this this uh, first uh, EP is that um, is that you know I'm, I'm gonna do more I love music I'm gonna do it the rest of my life at some level so uh, just you know for me I just like to create I just want to keep creating music and uh, uh, so, you know, the minute I get done with this uh, first EP, I'm going to start focusing on the next one. And, and then I, I like writing. I like writing for other people. I've got a, I've got a record producer out of, uh, out of Sweden that has uh, hired me to write some music for some of his DJs. And uh, he wanted me to sing on the tracks, too, as, a, as kind of a guest artist. And I love that idea. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dabble in that a little bit. Just, uh, you know. I like to create and, and I, I don't want to be put in a box with that, but, um, but for what I do as a solo artist, it'll always be the Americana root thing. Interesting. And you talked in that about people connecting and how the music resonates differently with different people in a digital age where people have access to so much content 24 seven, be that, you know, Netflix, Hulu, you know, iTunes, Apple music, whatever. How do you make your music stand out and reach the people that it will most connect with? Well, I am trying to figure that out right now. If if you have any suggestions, I'll take them. Uh, You know, we're in an age where I say that everyone's a seller and no one's a buyer. You know, everyone's a model. Everyone's a singer. uh, Everyone has access to brand themselves. And then we're just very oversaturated socially with this kind of stuff. And the only thing that I, that keeps me sane at night is knowing that, uh, is that, talent prevails and, and good music will find an audience, you know? And, uh, so I, 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 you know, I, I get frustrated with it at points, um, and, and, and how to play this game socially to get your music heard. And then at some point at my age and, and I've been doing this business for 20 years and I've seen it change so much. And the only, the only common denominator that I've, I've come to realize is that, talent does prevail and, and good music and good acting and good scripts will find their audience. And it might not be uh, overnight flash in the pan or five seconds of fame, but um, it may take a while. It may, you know, it may take forever, but um, you just have to trust in that process and uh, enjoy the journey and not worry about the destination. That's a great way to think about it. Um, for my two cents, social media marketing and publicity, it, it's not worth what people say it's worth. You can throw anything you want at social media publicity, but at the end of the day, people don't end up buying what they see. It's, it's a fascinating way to look at it. But you know, for example, this podcast has you know, something five, an average of 5 million listeners, yet on Twitter and, and Facebook, maybe 500, you know, 5,000 likes or follows or whatever. So I, I don't think social media translates to what people actually want to buy or hear or, or consume. So that's my two cents for you. Yeah, I agree with you. And don't, yeah, don't get me started on it. I'm, I'm like, I sound like my grandfather when I start talking, you know, and he was talking about how computers will never make it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I, you know, I, 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 um, I, I hate where it's going. And at the same time, I think that it's an amazing outlet for so many young, uh, talented people. I also think that it's a free platform for a lot of people that uh, probably shouldn't be trying it. So, um, but you know, I, I, if we would have had all the technology we have now when I was a kid, uh, I definitely would have been doing it. I mean, I was the kid who was, you know, tape recording myself on a, on a tape deck 
um, singing, you know, a cappella when I was a kid. And then when they first made it eight track recorders, I bought an eight track recorder and a beat machine and was making my own music like that, you know, where you could only do eight tracks at a time and bounce them down and make eight more. And I think the most I could get out of it was like 32 and I had to self make my, and, uh, then I moved on to GarageBand when that became a thing. And now I've got Logic Pro on my computer for my home studio. So I think that it, it is an amazing uh, advancement for us in a lot of ways. And then in a lot of ways, it's, it's um, saturated it and, and, you know, kind of uh, taken the value out of it too. But uh, for, for our listeners who'd like to buy the EP, it comes out on Friday. Where can people get it? Uh, from my understanding, we're we're going to be everywhere uh, worldwide. You know, it's a- iTunes, Amazon. Um, we're, gonna, we're on Spotify, uh, and um, and I believe we're going to probably be selling signed uh, copies via my website, which is RileySmithOfficial.com. So it should be everywhere. Um, the the funniest thing is there's actually another singer named Riley Smith that's out there right now. So we've been trying hard to separate and, and let everyone know that uh, that this is me and not the other Riley Smith. And no offense to him, but um, that's all. That's been fun. I didn't even know there was another one until uh, until I put the song out. And then the first time it came out on Spotify, there was a mix up and my song went under his name. And I was like, oh, there was a yeah, I'm trying to trying to separate that, but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, mine is uh, the Riley Smith uh, EP, self-titled, um, with the first single being "I'm on Fire." And there's also a music video. You should mention the uh, the music video, which is available on YouTube. And, and our lead uh, our lead model girl is an Aussie. Um, her name is Hannah Glasby. She's a big model here in Los Angeles, but she's uh, from Australia originally. I think Perth. Um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I probably am. But uh, super, I, I've never met an Aussie I don't like. I, just, I love Australians. But um, she, we found her for the music video. I hired basically all my friends. I pulled all my favors here, and you know I've been in the entertainment business for 20 years, so I had a lot of contacts to make uh, to make the video. And I wanted to, to self fund it and do it myself. And I, I really just made the video. Um, to make a video. I've always wanted to do that and, and I thought this was a perfect opportunity and I thought, you know, let's put it on YouTube and and let it live and then all of a sudden CMT, which is the country music television here, uh, picked it up and then the next thing you know it was on the Taste of Country Countdown and uh, my wonderful supporters voted it to number two its opening weekend. I think it right now it's still at number two. So the, the music video has kind of taken on a life of its own but, but I'm proud of it. I think, you know, I, I wrote the treatment and I, I got all my friends involved. Everyone donated their time and talent. We made it in two days. Um, we shot everywhere in LA. If you look at it, we shot from the mountains to the ocean to downtown. Um, and I thought it was a really cool story. Uh, it was really important to me that uh, I wasn't the, the star of the video. That was basically the main thing that I, I, I wanted to make sure happened when I made the video. Um, a lot of times when people make music videos, they, you know, they, they're the guy who beats up the other guy and takes the girl and stares down the barrel of the camera and, you know, and, and, and I didn't need all that for my ego. I've been an actor for 20 years and I've been in front of the camera the whole time. And so it, to me, I wanted to try to take a different approach and I thought it would speak more to, uh, to the video if it, if it, if it was on its own merit and, and about a story and about two characters and I was just kind of in the background. So, um, I was, I was happy with the way that turned out. It, you know, I always joked that 
if I could do it again, I'd be in it even less. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I was really proud of the way it turned out. It certainly looks great. Well, you've got the EP. It's out on Friday. Any plans to tour? Yeah, we are working on that right now. We've got to work it around my acting schedule. I've been reading a lot of scripts and trying to pick my next job. So I don't know which one that'll be and where it'll take me and, and schedule will be like. But in the meantime, um, we're doing an EP release show here in LA August 4th, which is a Friday at 10 p.m. at the Hotel Cafe, which is my favorite venue in LA. Um, and, uh, and then we're working on uh, a Nashville EP release and possibly at New York and uh, I'm going to um, Birmingham, England in uh, April 2018 to do a charity uh, uh, festival called One More Shot OMS, um, and that's for uh, cancer uh, awareness. And then um, we plan on trying to do a little European tour around that while I'm over there. So, um, But yeah, we, we've got some different opportunities in front of us, and we're just uh, right now it's all scheduling. Absolutely. So for people who want to get in touch down the track, the website, Ronnie Smith Official, is the best place to look for tour dates in the future, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll have all the information uh, regarding everything, including new music. And, uh, you know, you never know. Keep in touch with me because I, I might just put out some of these songs as singles in the future as well. I don't know. I've, I've got a lot of different ideas. Um, but most importantly, I'm just going to keep creating and then we'll see where we can, you know, put them. Well, that sounds fantastic. Look, I loved the EP. It's fantastic. It's out on Friday everywhere. Thank you so much for your time today, Riley. Thank you so much, Benjamin. It's good talking to you. And you. That was my chat with the wonderful Riley Smith. His album is out tomorrow, Friday, July 21st. I've heard it. It's fantastic. I do encourage any fans of country music or Americana to get your hands on it. It's a great listen. Well, we'll be back with another interview later in the month. We've got Jonathan Mangum from Whose Line Is Anyway. He, he returned to the show for this season on Tuesday, and he's on again in a couple of weeks, so we'll release that interview sometime before his next appearance on Whose Line Is Anyway. We're really looking forward to having him on the show. As always, don't forget to thank our fantastic supporters. We've got Palace Nova Cinemas and Mad Zombie Collectibles. All their details are on the site. You can, as always, follow me on Twitter, BenjaminMM underscore, or on Instagram, BenjaminMayMK, and you can like the Facebook page, either Preachers Podcast Online and On Stage, the company that produces this, or myself, BenjaminMayMK. All those links are available in the show notes, as always. We'll be back later in the month with another exciting interview. I've been your host, Benjamin May McKay. See you next time.